Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I am Matt. I am Ashley. And we're here uh, to talk about a movie from 1964 called Lady in a Cage that stars Olivia de Havilland, who, uh, if you've been looking at the news at all or listened to our companion podcast piece to this uh, this week, uh, you'll know that she passed away recently at age 104. Yes. So we decided we, we, we watched this movie recently and uh, thought we'd talk about it. So Ashley, what's uh, Lady in a Cage about? Yep, so Lady in the Cage does indeed star Olivia de Havilland, and she plays an older woman. I'm not sure what her age is supposed to be. Olivia de Havilland, I think, was only in her late 40s when she made this movie, but um, but the, the character has recently had a hip surgery, I believe, and she's not, she's not able to take the stairs, so and, you know she's a rather wealthy woman, so she has her own private elevator in the house that takes her up to her bedroom on the second floor. Um... But there's like a power outage or something, and the and the elevators get stuck in between floors. And she's alone. And she's alone in the house. Um, but first, like some burglars break in. But then there's like this um, these this gang of hoodlums um, break in and terrorize her, and um, it's all rather horrific. That's the setup. Yeah. <laughs> Two lady in a cage. This is an interesting movie. Uh, I don't know if I'd say it's a good movie, mm-hmm. but it's an interesting movie. Uh, it's directed by Walter Grauman, who, when I saw the name come up on the screen, during the very interesting opening credits, which we can talk about, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I was like, I know that name. And myself being a, a uh, big fan of Murder, She Wrote for, you know, ever since it debuted, um, I, I thought he was a director of Murder, She Wrote, among many other things. But I looked, and he certainly directed several episodes of Murder, She Wrote during all 12 of its seasons. So that's my hmm. um, experience with Walter Grauman. And Murder, She Wrote, as much as I love it, is a very tame 1980s mm-hmm. detective show starring Angela Lansbury. <laughs> uh, this, is, this movie, uh, Lady in a Cage, is trying its hardest not to be tame. Right, uh, and like I said, the opening credits are very, you know, I wasn't around in the '60s, but based upon my knowledge of it, you know, it was kind of a time of change and cultural, you know, upheaval and tumult, mm-hmm. and some of their beatniks, you know, and young people couldn't be trusted, all that kind of whatever, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- that's what I feel like the opening credits of this try to convey with the music and the imagery and whatever. Uh, it's it's a little jarring. And then, yeah. But anyway, Walter Grauman directed it. Lovely to have one starred in it. Um, it is, it's, a, it's kind of a rough movie to watch. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. I, um, yeah, it's, so it's from that era where Golden Age actresses were some of them, the only roles that they could really get seemed to be these kind of schlocky movies. I mean... Joan Crawford made a whole bunch of them. Mm. And, you know, Betty Davis made some, and this seems to be Olivia de Havilland's entry into, into that genre. And it's, it is hard to watch. This is, it's very brutal. Um, the, the, violent, the level of violence and just the, the tone, the dark tone that um, this, this gang of hoodlums brings to the, to the story and to, that, to the house and to her life is just really unsettling and, I, and I'm sure maybe that was the intention um, but it, it, it does feel kind of jarring um, 
I don't know. And it, it, some of it is so schlocky and overwrought that it, it almost veers into camp, camp territory. I mean, there are some moments, um, and again, you know, I love Olivia de Havilland, but sometimes in, in her later films, she can get so overwrought and she like notches it up to 11 sometimes her acting and it just it becomes almost humorous um, at the, but at the same time I felt like uh, the movie was very effective in, in creating this feeling of darkness and dread and I it wasn't fun to watch but it achieved something in, in, in that as far as that goes I, I don't know. It's not one I want to see again, I have to say. No, it's interesting, too. Um, we've talked on, on this podcast before about sometimes we'll rewatch um, a movie that maybe we saw when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And what are our, re- our reactions to those movies now? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, like, you know, in a movie that we just uh, talked about last week, uh, Midnight Madness, um, we really ended up, we, we loved that movie just as much now. <laughs> um, as we did then, even though, you know, it's not a perfect movie. Um, and then sometimes we'll watch a movie uh, again after many years. Um, I think Saturday the 14th falls into this category. <laughs> that is just bad. Truly awful. Yeah. And so this is a movie that I saw as a kid. Uh, I was, we were somewhere with my parents. We were staying at a holiday. Inn. I, think it was, I think it was the time we went and stayed at a holodome. <laughs> and, or or some, some hotel. And... It was I, I can't remember exactly either my parents went out and did something during the afternoon or this was at night. I don't know why I can't remember what time of day it was. But I was either on my own physically or on my own because they were asleep on the bed and I was just, you know, staying up late and I was bored. So regardless, uh, I was flipping around the TV mm-hmm. and I decided to, I landed, I was looking for something to watch and I landed a little ways into this movie. By this point, she was already stuck in the, the elevator um, in her house and different people were coming in mm-hmm. and it was kind of suspenseful, right? Or mm-hmm. you didn't know what was going to happen. So I was like, okay, I'll watch this. And I watched the whole thing, but I remember thinking like, this is not fun. This is, this is really, <laughs> this is really, um, this is really bad. I mean, bad in the sense of the situation and, and, and whatever, the, the things happening to her. Um, and so, uh, and that was, you know, 30 some years ago. And then just a month or two ago, uh, I was flipping around on the streaming, you know, platforms, and I saw it come up. And I was like, okay, you know what? Let's let's dive into this and and see what it's like all these years later. Mm-hmm. I think I had the exact same reaction, yeah. the exact same. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't uh, I don't care if I don't see this another for another thirty some years. <laughs> um, Olivia's performances. Just, I don't know if I could say it's good or not good. It's, it is a bit uh, kind of like it's overwrought. I think at times it's good. At, at times it seems to be on the level where it should be. And but then, it, at, again, at other times it's just off the charts and it just seems it's almost laughable. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, James Caan is in it, though. James Caan? He yeah. plays, he is effectively horrific as one of the hoodlums. He's very scary. He's a young hoodlum. Yes. It's interesting. So he's 80 now. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in his mid-20s or early 20s when this came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually passed by James Caan uh, back <laughs> in the early 90s uh, when I was on Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills <laughs> uh, with my mom. And 
Uh, we just watched a movie with him several months ago. <clears throat> Again, you know, you find a lot of crap on streaming. Um, mm-hmm. And there was a 2016 movie called The Good Neighbor that he was in. And what I found interesting, that movie was about uh, a couple of young teenage uh, boys who are friends and live across the street from an old man. And they use technology to basically terrorize him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a bad movie. I don't know why we got sucked into it. But it was, a, it, it, it was all about them terrorizing this old man across the street. James Caan was the old man. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, 50-some years earlier, he is a young, playing a young person terrorizing <laughs> Olivia de Havilland, which, you know, interesting symmetry there. Um, I guess we all get old. Yes, yes. There's... But he's fine in this. Oh, I mean, no, he, he, I thought he was pretty good. You know. I mean, he was horrible. Yeah, hard to watch. Yeah, but effective. I mean, these characters, everyone except Olivia de Havilland, pretty awful. Um, I mean, there's the pawn shop she goes to, and those characters aren't bad. The Scatman Crothers is in that, in an unaccredited role, but mm-hmm. um, they're not they're not bad, per se. But, I mean, I mean, there's just some horrific things that happen to people in this movie, or that people do. Right. Well, they do some things with Olivia de Havilland's character, too, that makes me almost not like her. Like, there's this whole kind of subplot where she's like this overbearing mother, and that's why her son has left. He's left to, to go commit suicide, potentially. That's the, yeah. Yeah, so that's another whole dark element because she's like this overbearing mother who won't let him grow up. But then there's also a scene where, um, and I guess it depends on your politics, whether you find this likable or not but there's at one point in the movie where she like she's yelling at the hoodlums and um, blaming the welfare state on creating them <laughs> I'm like oh so she's some crazy conservative I, yeah. I don't know this is yeah I don't know the whole movie was is not very likable <laughs> yeah I mean this is really bad and I, I I don't know if I should say this but you know you you this character of her son, who you only see at the very beginning, mm-hmm. and then he leaves. But this whole like this whole seriously dark subplot of him looking to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, I, a part of me is like, I can kind of see why you don't like your mom. <laughs> I mean, I don't agree with you being this this dramatic and poten- potentially final about it. But okay. uh, yeah, she's not a nice. She's there, she's got some issues. This is true. I mean, she's Livy de Havilland. So, you mean you kind of root for her? You still root for her. I mean, you're always rooting for her in this, but at the same time, there's just this level of, And it's an interesting, (laughs) um, they do interesting things with, uh, you know, I mean, I I think it's competently made, I guess, right? Sure. It's very, uh, was it after this movie that we were talking, you said it was very flat, or was that something else we were talking about? I can't remember, but it is... It is very, there's nothing particularly cinematic about it. Yeah, I think that was this movie. I mean, just... The look of the movie was seemed very flat. It didn't look like a movie. It looked like it could have been made for television. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And Walter Grauman, he's a big. He was a big uh, TV director. Yeah. yeah. Um, but th- they did interesting interesting things with perspective because, like, so a lot of shots are, you know, of the main foyer area with the staircase, and then next to that, the elevator that she's stuck in, mm-hmm. and you see the floor below her. And I mean, I'm looking, and I know she just had hip surgery, right? <laughs> but there's, part, there's a part of me that's like, you know, look, girlfriend, just clamber down. I mean, right. it does. It, it the floor doesn't like seem just like three feet above. Yeah, but then they'll switch to a perspective from where she's at, yeah. and you look down, and 
the the floor below her looks like it's five stories down. <laughs> right. You so know, she's on top of the towering inferno. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> uh, it was, that was I don't know if I thought that was interesting or just kind of absurd. Yeah, I agree. That was kind of absurd. I feel like there are there are plot lines and that are kind of just kind of left. Isn't Anne Southern in this movie? She's she's in it, she's, so she's not. <laughs> she's a prostitute. She gets she gets locked in the wine cellar, and then you never never hear from her again. No, I don't know what happened to Anne Southern. Well, there was a character, I guess, a hobo or something like that. Yes, I had to ask you at one point, like, what happened to the hobo? I think I left the room you for a second. Out of the room, and he was brutally murdered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, what happened to the hobo? I mean, at least like, oh, he was killed. It, oh. Most of it was, happened behind the couch, so you didn't see all the, the blood and gore, but um, yeah, he was, yeah, he was brutally murdered. Yeah. yeah. And even, <laughs> particularly toward the end, the way it treats kind of society, as a, well, not even toward the end, but in general, like the way it treats society as a whole and people, that it pretty much treats people as like, like people don't care about what happens to somebody else and they're oblivious to the to like alarms and and I don't know part of me is like the cynical part of me is like yeah that's probably how it would be and then the other part of me is like wow that's really glass half empty yeah I think the the movie is trying to make this very pessimistic cynical statement about the state of our world yeah (laughs) and you know again I wasn't alive during then but I feel like based upon stuff I've kind of soaked in over the years that people of a certain age during the 60s because it was a time of, of change and upheaval mm-hmm. um, the older folk you know <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't think they had a lot of uh, love for younger people in the sense that they thought like stuff's changing too fast mm-hmm. and they do they did kind of look at like they were suspicious of younger people and and maybe did look at them as hoodlums and yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And this 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 movie is is, is I w- it's not good enough for me for me to really say it's fascinating, but it's almost fascinating in just sort of a uh, just looking at it as uh, you know a, a moment in time of almost paranoia and fear uh, that. I guess is like, all you can say is is the sixties. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, that is uh, that is Lady in a Cage. Um, what did you give it out of ten? I will give it a four and a half, mm. and that's mostly all for Olivia de Havilland. Yeah, I give it a four. Okay. So it's a four point three from us. I haven't bothered looking at it off the tomato meter. Um, yeah, four point three from us. Um, I would, if I were you, I would probably watch The Heiress. <laughs> there are many better Olivia de Havilland films to yeah. watch. Yeah. Heck, you know what? Uh, you could watch The Swarm and you'd be a little bit better off than if you watched this movie. Well, if you're wanting a little bit of a thrill, I think Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte is a much better kind of thriller movie from this era. Yes, exactly. Same year, actually, this yeah. movie came out. Hush, yeah. Hush, Sweet Charlotte. Exa- perfect. <laughs> watch Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte. Yes, yes. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks. Thanks.